Good morning and welcome to City Hope Church. Today, Pastor Murray will be bringing the last sermon for the year. Well, it's the end of the year. Who loves reading Revelations at the end of the year? Uh, why are you all laughing? <laughs> Everybody, every Christian I know reads the Bible every year, don't you? Now you're going quiet. <laughs> but Revelation, it's all, you read it at the end of the year. You don't read it at the end of the year. I love reading the book of Revelations. Revelations is just one of the greatest books that you will ever read. And it's such an amazing book because it's all about the end and it's all about stuff that's going to happen. And, and anyway... I, Maybe Wednesday or Thursday night, I was watching the Channel 9 News. Were there anybody watching the Channel 9 News on the night? And they were talking about the implants you get into your hand for the security reasons. Well, that's what I was thinking. But what they do, you can get it in Australia... There is between three to 4,000 people in Sweden have already got it. There are people in America who have already got it. And a company in England was starting up and they were giving security. And that what they do is they put a small slice into your hand there and they have a chip which is the size, just over the size of a, of a grain of rice. They put a slip in there and they slip it in there. And it doesn't need a stitch. It's only small. And then you've got, you are marked... For the rest of your life, you have that mark on the inside of your hand. And having just read the book of Revelation, I'm thinking to myself, this is interesting. You can have it done in Sydney. It will cost you between $100 and $160, depending on the amount of information you would like on that chip. Uh, and it costs you about $150 for the doctor to, proceed, to, to do that. And that happens in Sydney right now if you'd like it. And of course, that's, that's your, like, you know, your push-button car. You, you don't have to have the keys anymore because your keys are in your transmitter here. The key, every door, the, you know, the security doors and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's, you don't need passwords anymore. All you have to do is put your hand there. You don't need your credit cards anymore. How many people have lost their credit cards? You've forgotten their PIN number and all that sort of stuff. And of course, it, it is so interesting. You find that interesting? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's available. I don't, I, I'm not saying that it's the mark of the beast, but I'm also not saying it's not the mark of the beast. I've got to tell you, if anybody wants to put that in me, they're going to have a fight. That's all there is to it. I really don't, I don't care if it's not, I don't care if it is, it, it's just not happening. I was, um, I was born again quite a few years ago. And uh, I grew up in a Baptist church with the rapture and I came into Christian Harry Centre about 1977 and Ali Lowe, anybody who's been around there for that long will know Ali Lowe's books on the, on the um, end times, of course. And that was around about 1979. And I remember telling my father in 1979, I said, Dad, I'm not going to get a job. I'm just going to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's, the, that's what's got to happen. He, of course, said to me, don't be stupid. Go out and get a job. So I became a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I, I, I distinctly remember, I, I was distinctly remember handing out tracts. In those days, it was 1979, the, if you, anybody who's got grey, little bit white grass, uh, if you remember that time, the planets were lining up. The planets were lining up in, in all the planets were going to be on the same side of the sun and all the planets were going to line up in 1981 and it was called the Jupiter effect. And the Jupiter effect was going to cause great earthquakes on the earth and it was going to cause great problems on the earth. Well, how many people know 1981 came and 1981 went? How many people, and of course Jesus was coming back in 1988 because that was 40 years after Israel became a nation and that was this generation shall not pass away. But 40 years, so Jesus was coming back in 1988. So Jesus was coming back. How many people know that 1988 came? 1988 went. And then Jesus was coming back in 1990-something. I wasn't involved with those. I'd given up on end-time events by that stage. I was like, you know, you, you can live your life in fear. You know what? And the majority of people live their life in fear of what is going to take place. It causes them to do actions. It causes them to do things in their hearts that they normally wouldn't. But because they are motivated by fear, they are motivated by, by global warming. Uh, read Revelation. God said things are going to change. I believe it's God. I don't believe it's man. I believe it's God. God wants the attention of this world. He wants our attention. He wants us to come to an understanding and everybody, and that's where the, the greatest thing that you and I have got to do is preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and then the end shall come. Nothing else matters. It's the preaching of the gospel. It's the preaching of, of God's word. But, in, in, you know, and coming through all those years, um, there's one thing every single one of us has got to grab a hold of. Faith. Fear cannot motivate us. Faith must motivate us. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, for without faith it is impossible to please God. So therefore, I've got to be motivated by faith. I have got to allow faith to enter into my heart, not be a person of fear that's worried about somebody going to hold me down and stick a thing in my hand and so I have to cut my whole hand off because I'm not going to have, <laughs> I'm cutting that hand off. <laughs> you stick that thing in my hand, I'm cutting my hand off. I ain't going to have it. Then they're going to stick it in my head. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> off comes the head. <laughs> I'm not having no... No, I'm not having any of that. But I can't be motivated by that. I don't want us to be people that are motivated by fear, motivated by the book of Revelation and the fear. You know, that there's going to come a, a, a prophet of deceiving. He's going to cause fire to come down from heaven. I've got to tell you, I want to see that. <laughs> I do, I want to see that. But I, I can't be motivated by fear. I can't be motivated by anything else. I must be motivated by faith. Faith in my God, faith in what His Word says, faith in what the Bible says, that's what I've got to be motivated by. That's what I want to talk about today. Because we've got to be motivated by faith. Acts 3.16 says this. There's a cup here. 
Acts 3.16, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Talking about the man of the gate, beautiful as a Peter and Peter and Peter and John. Silver and gold have I none. Faith in his name. That's what we've got to come to. You and I have got to be people who are motivated by faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what have we got to grab a hold of? It's not just coming to church that pleases God. Pleases the pastor very much. Pleases everybody here very much. Good to see everybody. But the truth of the matter is it's faith that pleases God. It's faith that you and I have got to grab hold of. So therefore, how does faith come? Go down to, uh, I've got it in here somewhere. <laughs> faith comes by Romans. Faith, Romans. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Romans ten seventeen. That's how faith comes. Therefore, you and I have got to grab a hold of God's Word and got to apply it in our hearts because that's what we want. Faith has to come into my heart. Faith has to come into my being because then I can be a person who is led by faith and not by fear. So many people in this world, they are led by fear on what was going to happen. Who's worried about what's going to happen? Nobody's worried about it. Nobody's worried about global warming. Krakatoa exploded the other day. Released more CTO gases than the entire world. <laughs> you know, stuff is happening in this world. We're coming to the pointy end of the stick. You know the pointy end of the stick? We're coming to the pointy end of the stick. This world is coming. And so many people are motivated by by fear on what is going to happen, that it stops them doing what they need to do, and that is to believe God and go forth. You all right? We must remember, it's faith that moves mountains. Not preaching. My preaching doesn't move mountains, but faith moves mountains. Faith moved mountains. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Yet how do we hear unless we spend time with God? How do we truly hear? And this is where I've probably said it before, but in the reading of the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, you've got to read the lot, but you've got to read the small. You've got to read the, the books, you've got to read. But while you're reading a chapter, while you're reading something in the Word of God, you've got to be listening for that still small voice on the inside of you that says, that's important. You know what I mean? You've got to read the book, you've got to read, you know, you've got to read in a certain amount of the Bible. But as you're reading that Bible, There'll be something that will quicken on the inside of you. There'll be a verse that will quicken on the inside of you. And in that verse, that's where God wants you to, you stop for a second. You read that verse again. You read that verse again. You read that verse again. I, I, what I usually do is I read it then in a different version. 
I read it in the, in the ESV, I read it in the NIV, I read it in the, I, I particularly am an old King James person, I always read old King James first, that's just the way I was brought up. I don't particularly read the NIV, the NIV is the nearly inspired version. <laughs> it's not the King James, not the old King James, thus says the Lord, that's how God speaks, everybody knows that. But when you read the Bible, you are reading the, the much but you're also reading that small. Because in that small, God is trying to grab a hold of your attention. In that, you, you know, I, I grew up reading a proverb every single day. There's 31 proverbs. Everybody read proverbs every day? Nobody read proverbs every day? Well, there's 31 of them. Next year, make it your goal. Read a proverb every single day. There's 31. It's a fantastic. It just works out in the month. Sometimes you have to read in the 28, of course, in February. You have to read a couple of extra ones. But, you know, when you read the chapter, there's one verse that'll stick out to you. And that one verse, that's where something gets on the inside of your heart. Because it's, it's everybody's read the Bible for 2,000 years. People have been reading a Bible. It hasn't changed this world that much. That's because this word is not just ink and print on a piece of paper. This word is a living word. It's a word that is alive and you've got to allow that word to, to, to you read it, but you've also got to allow that word to then read into you. You've also got to allow that word to speak to you. So as you read that word, you grab a hold of that word, you find a scripture that, that, that tickles your fancy as it were. And he healed them and he, he you know... That's how faith works. That's how faith starts to build on the inside of your life because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So as we come to the end of this year, you know what? The greatest thing that you and I can do for next year is read God's Word. Spend time in prayer. We must understand, I must spend time downloading from the Father. The thing that the disciples came to Jesus the most was they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because as Jesus, as they witnessed Jesus' life, he would arise early in the morning and he would go off to pray. And as he prayed, then things happened during the day. People got healed. People got delivered. People got, the dead got raised. The water got walked on. The, the 5,000 got uh, fed. They saw his life and as they saw his life, they realised the source of that power was not him walking through the crowd, but the source of that power was the time he spent in downloading from the Father. Jesus went on to say, I don't do anything until I see my Father do it. I see my Father do it. I spend time with my Father. I spend time with my God. You see, every single person's life, we all want to change in some area of our lives. We've got to understand that the source of the power for me to change my life, my source is not in me. It's not in my humanity. It's not in my human being. My human being loves cafes like Caleb. I think I like him a little bit more than him, but he's, I've got a couple of years on him. But... That's where my change, the power is not in humanity. The power is in God. The power is in the Spirit of the Lord. And, and in that power, it's not just in some dead word on a piece of paper. It's in a living word that will change your life. 
God's Word will change your life. God's Word has that power. But you and I have got to spend time with Him, downloading from Him and, and, and understanding that, that, that as it gets on the inside of you, then, then my words need to exude power. Hebrews Hebrews 11. Not Hebrews 11, that's not what I'm after. Hebrews... Hebrews 11.3, sorry. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The universe that you and I see, we understand that all those worlds, they were framed by God's Word. God spoke and the world travels around the sun. God spoke. You see, Faith is like a, it is a substance, but it's like a substance. If you know anything about concrete, you know that concrete is just splat. When it comes out of that concrete truck, it's splat. And what you've got to do is you've got to put formwork. That formwork holds the concrete. That formwork puts the concrete to what you want. You can mould and make anything with concrete as long as you've got the formwork and you can, you can mould it up a hill. We, 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 I've been working down at Pimpermar. We've just made this great slide for the kids to play on. So we've got a hill of concrete. Hill of concrete, then they come and they put the rubber for the kids to play on. I'm looking at the concrete and thinking, wow, that's great. You know, it's like uh, we use a, 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 a cement, a... Um, Swimming pool mix. Nice and dry, but strong, extra strong. And we make it anyway. But you can make anything. And that's the same with faith. God says, I don't limit your faith. I don't limit you with God. What you can frame, you can have. What you can frame, if you can frame it with your words. You see, God framed the world. He framed the universe. He framed everything with faith. And He said, now I'm putting that spirit of faith on the inside of you, that same measure of faith. Every one of us has a measure of faith. You have faith on the inside of you. If you will grab a hold of that faith and you will put a constraint on it, the words that you speak, you will speak words of life. You will speak words of faith. You will grab a hold of the words of God's Bible you will grab a hold of the promises of God's Bible and you will say, by His stripes I am healed. Then I start to form. I start to form that concrete. I start to form that faith. I start to form my faith because I found that it just doesn't happen overnight. I don't know whether you've found that, but I've been around a little bit longer and I've found that things just don't happen overnight. Things don't even just happen over the weekend, over a week. I found that God's Word has got to become a part of my life, so much a part of me on the inside that when I speak God's Word, every time I speak, I have, I have enough. Why? Because according to His riches in glory, that's what I will have. Now, I've spoken that a thousand times, but I haven't fulfilled that in my verse yet, so I'm still forming that. I'm still forming my faith. And you and I have got to be a place every single year must be a year that I grow and develop in the forming of my words for the forming of my faith because I want to see change. I do not want to be to be led by the fear of this world and the things that are going to happen in this world. I don't want to be afraid of Muslims. So many people are afraid of Muslims. They're human beings just like you and I. 
So many people are afraid of 666. I saw it the other night. I saw it. Go on the internet. Then I had to go on, on the internet and have a look. <laughs> Google knows, doesn't know everything. The Bible knows everything. <laughs> but Google. But that's how faith. But I want to come down to one verse. I want, you, I want you to go to Timothy. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Timothy. Timothy 1, 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 19. Some of the saddest words in the Bible. This charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies, what was that word? <laughs> according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith and have suffered a shipwreck. I've been around long enough to see my good friends that I've got saved with and now they don't even go on with Christ anymore. I've been around long enough to see my friends who have been so powerful in the, in the gospel and, and I think to myself they've been preachers themselves for 20 years and all of a sudden they become shipwrecked in their own faith and I wonder I, I often wonder how can this become so shipwrecked in your faith when you've been a preacher when you've when you've pastored and you've 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 haven't you listened to your own messages <laughs> that's what I think I'm telling and I, I think to myself how but how easy is it to become shipwrecked 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonia. I think to myself, I don't want to become one of the ones who are shipwrecked in my faith. You see, every single one of us is on a, on a journey. You're on a journey from one place to the other. Faith holds you in, that, in the water. Ships that travel from Australia to America, there's a destination in mind. You and I are on that destination. We are headed for as long as we stay in the boat, as long as we stay in faith, we head our destination. There's no deviation. There's no, but, but sometimes you and I are the ones in the boat and sometimes we're steering the boat and sometimes you can steer it to the love of this present world, to the love of the things of this world, to the love of different things. Sometimes I've found people have been shipwrecked. I'm sad for that. I'm sad for the shipwreck of, of people's lives. That's why I'm so excited about next year for this church because we are going to be a church of what did you call it again? Apologetic. We, are, we want, to, you, I want to be you're just more than just people who skim the top of the Bible, come over the Bible and just read the couple of verses of the Bible and then go home. But I want to be a church that is involved where we are deeper than just the formalities of life. Than deeper just the formalities of life where you can come and get a prophecy if you need a prophecy and on the morning, get a prophecy, a word of God over your life that you can wage a good war for with. 
that you can do something with that. I have, have had many prophecies over my life and I often think of those prophecies because God says, take those prophecies and then wage a good warfare. There is a purpose for your life. There is a destiny for your life. There is a reason for you to be here. And if you will take that reason, that reason will enforce on the inside of you. It will build faith on the inside of you because faith is that boat that will take you to your destination. And that's where we've got to be. It's not just a nice church service where we can come on Sunday morning and dress up in your finery. You're very quiet. Are you guys all right? You can dress up in your finery and just come to church and just be a part of it because that doesn't please God. Faith is what pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm here more than just to be here in my presence. I'm here to be over to help. We are here to be over to, to digest and grab a hold more of what we've got with God. I've had a lot with God. I've seen a lot with God but I haven't fulfilled my destiny with God. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how, wherever you are in life, you have not fulfilled what God has created you to be. So therefore it's going to take faith. It's going to take me speaking God's Word. It's going to take more than just a nice church service. It's going to take some prophecy. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take some Bible reading. It's going to take some downtime with God because God will come on the inside. God wants this world saved more than you and I. God wants to use you and I more than He ever has. There is a reason. You know, everything has a reason. There is nothing in God's Word that was just by and by. He was born in a manger. You know why He was born in a manger? Bethlehem means food. And when He was born in a manger, He was put in that manger for the, He was put in a place where the animals came and eat. Unfortunately, they, sometimes the animals... Good old Ali Lowe taught me this 100 years ago. You know, he, he was in a manger because Bethlehem means place to eat, come and eat from God. And of course, Jesus is the bread of life. We are to partake of Him. How do you partake of God anymore? How do you partake of Jesus? You read His Word. You grab a hold of His Word. His Word is meat to my life. Now, I have a tendency to like ham, tendency to like bacon. I'm not addicted to bacon, but I do like it every day. <laughs> I'm not addicted though, but I do like it every day. You've got to have it every day. It's just one of those nice things of life that you should have every day. <laughs> but it can only ever build the outside of man. It cannot satisfy the deep longing of my heart and my life on the inside of me. There is something that you have when you have a hole in your heart, when you have a desire in your heart to fulfill something that God has called you to do, when there is a desire to you to achieve something in life, that bacon will not help you. That's very unfortunate. Otherwise we'd eat more. But the bacon does not bring it home. <laughs> Boom. It does not bring it home. God's Word, God's Word, God's Word, God's Word brings home your life. Yeah. 
God's Word builds you on the inside. It's God's Word that grabs a hold of you on the inside. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you can please God Almighty. What is He looking for? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro upon the nations of the world, looking for a man, looking for a woman who will choose to believe God's Word, stand up tall, look the world in the eye, spit it in the eye and say, I believe God's Word. Come hell or high water, I believe God's Word. I believe God's Word. I've got to grab a hold of God's Word. God's Word to finalise this, this, this year after everybody's read the Bible this year and everybody's finished with the book of Revelations. Haven't you, Caleb? Of course you have. God's Word is still the truth of this world. BBC is not the truth of this world. God's Word is true. Every man and demon be a liar. God's word is true. And friend, for you and I, for this world, as we finish this, as we finish everything of this year, as you come, is it tomorrow night when we have whatever you want to have? When it's all said and done, when it's all dusted, God's word is what stands. I will come and go, but God's word will stand. If Christ tarries, I will come and go but I will still believe my God. I will believe His Word and I put my trust in His Word. I put my faith in His Word. I put everything that I have in God's Word because God's Word is true. Friend, for this year, now many, many, many people, I, I've asked all the islanders, I, I look after 450 churches across the South Pacific and I've asked them all to fast for 21 days during during the month of January, we finish on the 31st of January. And, and of course, most islanders, they hate fasting. Most people hate fasting. There's no judgment. Fast something. Fast television. Do yourself a favour and fast television. Do yourself a favour and, and fast social media. Do yourself a favour and fast something that is is in your heart. Fast something that grabs a hold of you. I have a daughter over in England and of course she's awake while I'm asleep. So I found myself turning on my phone, looking first thing in the morning, turning on my phone instead of opening up my Bible. Because my Bible's on my phone and that's unfortunate. <laughs> but I found myself looking to other things instead of God's Word. This next year, Find yourself in God's Word first thing in the morning. Get up a little bit earlier. Seriously, get up a little bit earlier. You get up at three, get up at four, get up at five, whatever, you, whatever time you get up, get up that little bit earlier and spend half an hour with God. Make it this year's New Year's resolution that I will read the book of Proverbs. I generally read it four times a year. I, do it, I don't do it every month anymore. When I was a little boy, my mother bought me a little book was called the Living, the Living Proverbs. It was the Living Bible. As I always remember because the Baptists didn't like the Living Bible because it wasn't the King James Version. But it could understand it because I was, I was young and I, I've never ever forgotten. I've lived my life by those Proverbs because those Proverbs will teach you how to live. One of the Proverbs is, 
Don't shout at people first thing in the morning. They'll think you're angry. <laughs> That's what God's Word says. It's practical. You want to live practical? Read God's Word. Grab a hold of God's Word. But for this day, fast something over the next 21 days. Fast something. You, bacon. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> but whatever it is, whatever is special to you, whatever is really special to you, Fast it. It can be just one substance of the, of the whole thing. If you want to, fast. Do water. Do juice. Do Diet Coke. Maybe you fast from Diet Coke for 21 days. Mm, that's a tough one. Diet Coke. Diet Coke and bacon. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's too tough. Friend, this, this, this year, as we finish this year, you know, we've come on a journey this year. This church has come a long way. This church has come a long way. I love its foundations. I love its root. We've all, we've all been rooted in something. You've got to understand your, where you've come from so that you can go forward. Sometimes without that understanding, it's very difficult to go. It's, it's difficult to run hard. My, my sister does my family tree. Of course, we are... English and German descent. Uh, do you know, it's, it's sometimes it's nice to know where some of the traits come from in your life because then you find out, oh, that's why I do that. But your past does not dictate your future. Your past does not dictate your future. Whatever has happened to you in life does not dictate your future. God's word, faith in God's word will dictate your future if you will frame your faith into the words that you speak. Whatever way you spoke before, change the language that you speak, change it to God's Word. And as you change it to God's Word, pour in your faith. And as you pour in your faith, you will build a structure, you will build a life, you will build where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Speak where you want to go. I want to go to the islands this year. I want to go to a new nation this year. I want to see churches. I want to see 10 churches planted this year. What do you want to see this year? Amen? Amen. Father, let us come to your word. Let us come in humility and life. But Father, this year, let faith arise in our hearts. Let faith enter into our being afresh. Father, you've given every person a measure of faith. And Father, this day we take our measure of faith and we start to exercise our measure of faith and we start to believe in our measure of faith and we start to believe in Your Word. Father, this coming year, let Your Word be on our lips. Let Your Word be in our mouth. Let a two-edged sword be in our hand. Father, as we come into 2019, a year of unknown, the things that will happen in this next year. But Father, that I would not be a person that is drawn upon the fear of next year or the fear of the coming or whatever it is. But Father, I would be a man of faith that I will speak into my future. I will prophesy into the future of my life. I will prophesy into the future of this church. I will prophesy into the future of the Kingdom of God. And it shall be the greatest year for the kingdom of God since its beginning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come on, let's stand. Let's sing a song. Oh, that's even better. You get up here. I just wanted to say, um, Murray didn't actually know that uh, our series for January is, is actually Proverbs. Uh, we're going to be preaching on Proverbs right through January. So I was keeping it as a surprise. Uh, so I want to encourage you to do what Murray said, and that is to read a proverb. <clears throat> Pardon me, read a proverb a day, one chapter of Proverbs every day for the month of January. We're going to be unpacking the book uh, throughout the month, which is going to be fantastic. But Happy New Year. Let's stand. Let's finish off on a, a praise song. Stay and have some food fellowship in Cafe Esperanza and uh, stay safe tomorrow night. But believe in for a great year, 2019. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed that message. See you next week.